Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Maxon Inflatable Boats Creek Adventures podcast presented by Lone Bison Fly Tying Tables. Lone Bison Fly Tables, premium quality functional art. You can find their products at LoneBisonFlyTables.com. This is the official start of season two of the Creek Adventures podcast. We've been on a brief hiatus uh, with lots of life events coming over the summer Lots of fun stuff throughout the fall, but the Creek Adventures podcast is back. And as always, I'm joined by the Creek Adventures boys themselves, Mr. Dalton Wortham and Chris Queen. What's up, guys? First bit of the of the episode, um, Trevor got pulled off to a, uh, a, a last minute evening photo shoot with his real job. And uh, so we'll catch up with him a little later in the episode. But but in the meantime, um, we have Mr. Stephen Ruiz, um, and I don't want to say where Mr. Stephen Ruiz is from because I think there's about 20 different affiliations, uh, but uh, very, very um, uh, forward-facing, uh, a part of uh, J.D. Adams and Company, and then lots of other uh, personal endeavors. Uh, so uh, super excited to have uh, him with us tonight. We've only re- had to reschedule on him for about you know, 24 times now. Uh, so, uh, the episode keeps getting bigger and bigger as he goes and has more exciting trips, uh, um, while we, while we've been trying to get scheduled. So, but welcome. I'm so happy to have you finally. Oh, thank you, Chris. Good to be here. Good to see you, Dalton. Sorry, man. Sorry we had to cancel on you, but like Chris said, now we've, uh, it started as a, a recap of golden Dorados, which I'm going to, uh, tell you, I'm going to call them golden Doritos, um, okay. from here on out. Uh, but you also went and hit some more salt, went on a Baja trip, correct? So, man, if you want to just uh, recap those trips, let's let's start with with the Golden Dorados, man. How, how uh, you've been down there a couple times, right? Um, uh, no, I've, I've only been down there one time. Uh, we had okay. a trip scheduled. Uh, of course, I went with Randy Richter. We had a trip scheduled for two years, and it got COVID canceled, of course, and uh, finally made it happen in August and. If I was 100% certain that my wife would not have divorced me, when I landed back in Miami, I'd have walked right down the ticket counter and got another ticket back. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, it's, a oh. trip that, it's a trip that any fly angler that you know wants to chase some uh, uh, sort of exotic species and really kind of cool places, everybody's got to do it. It was awesome. And so where, where exactly did you go for this? Cause I feel like I've seen videos that align with your trip. Yeah, I went to, uh, I went to Bolivia, uh, flew into Santa Cruz and, uh, ironically or kind of cool, I guess, in a weird way is that, uh, Devin Olson, who I fished with several years ago, he's on the member of the USA fly fishing team. Mm-hmm. I had seen a post that he had made that he was on his way to Bolivia. And I messaged him and I said, are you in Bolivia? He said, I am in Bolivia. I said, mm-hmm. what? I said, I'm about to land in Bolivia. He goes, are you serious? He said, I'm going to hold up at the hotel and wait on you. So anyway, we got to meet, got to see each other in the hotel whenever uh, Zoltan picked us up from the airport. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, then we got to see Devin Olson there, you know, get, get to see an old face in Bolivia of all places. But flew to Santa Cruz, uh, spent the night there, and uh, the next morning got on a little, little small Cessna 150. Uh, the pilot turned around. I said, do you have your driver's license? He said, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it was, it was a, 
it was a fun trip. We ended up landing on a, a grass runway off in the Chamani village. Uh, it's a Chamani Indians, their native land. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was actually built by the drug cartels. And uh, so anyway, that's where we landed and got on a dugout canoe from that point on and went up the Sakuri River until we got to the Agua Negra and stayed there. Oh, man, cool. so when you, sounds like go ahead, Chris. So when you when you go, sorry, I I'm comparing. I, I feel like I've seen this type of trip, um, and I, and I want to say that uh, that I heard it actually again from you all in the store. But um, this type of trip on Fisher Die, the show Fisher Die, and where they flew in, same type of runway. Um, uh, got to stay with the with the Chumani, which those is that the group that has the the large tobacco leaves, and yeah, it's actually their co- cheek? coca leaves, yeah, coca, coca leaves, leaves. Yeah, 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 um, and and then yeah, then chasing these these just awesome fish, um, that's so cool, so cool, and these golden Doritos are a very large predatory fish, correct? I mean, you're throwing giant meaty streamers. I think I saw where at one point you had caught a fish and that fish got ate by a bigger fish. It did. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they're psychopathic. I mean, I call them the Hannibal Lecter fish in the sense that uh, uh, we're standing there with the Argentinian guy who spoke English and Spanish. The Chamani Indians don't speak English or Spanish, but they were the boatmen and, and uh, he pointed out, you know, we could see this fish in this riffle and cast it to it. What a big fish, um, maybe five, six pounds, and stripped right across it, ate to, ate to fly. As soon as it eats, it, you know, they all jump immediately, crash back in the water, and below the riffle was a big tub, you know, just like a typical river setting with a riffle followed by, you know, kind of a depression tub. Well, there were several 20 pound Dorados laying in there we didn't see. I mean, the whole river just erupted into just absolute chaos and carnage. Next thing you know, I'm controlling a 20-pound Dorado with my fly rod. I'm going, oh, well, he must have swiped the fly out of everyone's mouth. But no, he didn't. He just ate the other one. (laughs) He just hung on until you pulled it out of his mouth. Just ate ate it in two, literally ate it in two. And, uh, you know, pulled back half the carcass when it finally got to him. That, that's yeah, why they're, they're, they're gnarly man it's really cool what what size flies uh what what size and style of flies do you throw for for that type of fish you know for those we weren't fishing really really large flies but they were probably in the five to six inch range not huge okay um but yeah it's just that you know you got to be able to cast pretty well and uh, uh it was interesting some of the runs were actually fished a lot like you would uh swinging a streamer Weirdly okay. enough. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask, is this like a sight fishing situation or are you swinging flies and waiting for just a monstrous take or? A little bit of both. Uh, on the Sakuri River, it wasn't nearly as clear as the Agua Negra. Agua Negra is very clear. And on Agua Negra, you sight fish to it. Uh, on the Sakuri, you know, you fish to structure. And when I mean fish to structure, I mean you put it right in on top of the logs i mean really really deep structure okay uh, and uh, but then on the 
Agua Negra, what's interesting is, is that they, uh, the Golden Dorado, you know, the guy would literally walk into a pool just dead quiet. And he'd start shaking his foot really, really violently in the water to act like something was going on. And you'd see these fish just erupt. And they would start coming to where the chaos was or the commotion. Really? So, so not unlike, I mean, uh, way, it sounds like way more aggressive, but you know, when you, when you hook into a smallie here locally and, and then it has two or three chasers, there's, it, it wants to know what's going on. It wants to know, yeah. is that fish spitting something up? It wants to know, is there something dead and in danger that I can eat? Um, yeah. but, but you know, with teeth and way yeah. bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible, anyway. man. So we're inclined to eat each other if they need to. They will eat each oh other. man. So when you go down and target, this is your target species, obviously, but um you're down in an exotic location. Is there is there bycatch or is there any other interesting species that you're there um excited to catch as well? Yeah, there are. Um I didn't get a chance to catch the uh black pakus. It's a you know big flat shaped type of fish and um those are crazy looking themselves they are they are way crazy looking had two really good follows thought i was going to get an eat but neither one of them ate. they're very very spooky really really quiet you know you whisper everything is a whisper so you know when you're fishing for those and uh, a lot of the guys were actually fishing with them with actual nuts you know because they're a nut eater um, I didn't consider that fly fishing, so I really didn't want to <laughs> throw a nut at them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, then they're uh, throw a squirmy worm for them. Yeah, yeah, kind of a squirmy worm for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then there's another one called the the Yadarana, which is it's, it's a it's a relative to the piranha, and they will actually dry flies. And uh, Randy Richter, he took a trip. He he struggled a little bit, you know, with the Golden Dorado. And uh, but took a trip up one of the other tributary creeks, caught a ton of a yadarana on on dry flies, which kind of cool. Dry fly piranha fishing. Yeah, how cool! I I may as well, right? Yeah. So, so when you're on these trips uh, or this specific trip, uh, what were the what were the living arrangements? What were the what were the accommodations? Because I'm, I'm I'm just here in Amazon, right? So yeah, well, yeah, it's uh the um. They're actually really pretty good. It's it's surprisingly how good they are. Now they are walled tents. You know, you're in a walled tent, okay. uh, but you do have running water and a shower. That it does heat up at some time during the day. Uh, electricity goes off at night, turns back on in the morning. Uh, you don't need an alarm clock because you can hear the generator kick off for sure. <laughs> uh, then we have a um, then there's a central you know lodge area if you will uh, where they cook and have the meals and all that stuff very cool and and local food or american food or uh it's a, a combination of both um they they do eat a lot of meat over there so you know the first night we had uh, big steaks they were awesome big huge steaks and then you know then it kind of i guess they want to impress us really really well the first time then it kind of went bad deal from there but we didn't care it was all good you're there to you're there to fish, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, um, then one night during or one day during the week, you know, one time during, the, you get a chance to go to the camp, which you go up the Agua Negra. They push and there's dugout canoes way up the Agua Negra, 
where they actually have a camp set up. He's loosely going to camp there and uh, side fish to the Duato as well. So, kind of cool. So, so you, you said mostly like five to six inch flies and uh, uh, not that big in air quotes. And, and so for the listeners, uh, Stephen will, he, he casts 12 weights for breakfast, right? I mean, it's just kind of, <laughs> uh, and so a, a big fly is a 10, 11, 12 inch fly. So, yeah. so, so in rod, rod selection, are you in the eight, nine weight range for that, yes. that size fish and fly? Yeah. Eight, nine weight range. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, okay. So then of that trip, there's always the eat or the fish, uh, that, that stands out. It's most memorable. Walk, walk us through that, uh, the, the one. Yeah. The one, it was, um. It was kind of interesting because one of the one of the guys in the boat with me, uh, one of the other fellow anglers, he was in the uh, dugout, and he fished this one spot and fished it and fished it and fished it. And, you know, for whatever reason, he reeled up, and they were readjusting his line for some reason. And I asked if I could go ahead and fish. And they said sure. So I cast in there really really tight to some structure, and I mean literally two big strips. And a twenty-pound Dorado insect. Oh man! You know, and it's like, oh, I didn't, you know, I had no ideas about catching anything because he'd been, you know, frothing the water for like, you know, thirty minutes and had nothing. And uh, but anyway, really, just really saw open water and and the fisherman yeah. and you said, I need to cast to that spot. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just cast him, tied him to structure. Just got lucky. That's and there it was, and you know. Uh, the, the the acrobatics of them is really really pretty cool because they just come right up out of the water and jump real big. You know, twenty pound fish that jumps out of the water that high, crashes back. This is way cool. Yeah, and and are they are they trying to spit? I mean, well, they're obviously always trying to spit the hook, but is that a kind of like tarpon, like a, a stress point on that jump, or they do they stay pretty pinned down? Yeah, they're, they're it's not that big of a stress point. You know, you do want to kind of give to them a little bit. You know. About like a tarpon, not entirely like you do when you bow to a tarpon, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you still want to give something back to them. Um, but overall, it was, you know, once you, once they were on, it was, you know, you're, you're fishing 40 pound leaders anyway. So it just became a tug of war pretty quick. And, Got it. Are they, and are they trying to get back to that structure like the freshwater species we're thinking mm-hmm. of? Okay. <clears throat> they are, yeah. So surprising that they jump. If if they ate, if they were holding very close to structure, and you, you had to really put that fly in the in the right spot, and then chase it out of there that they hit, surprising that they don't turn right back to the structure. That they instead jump, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah their first move is always up, and I'm you know who knows why, but that's just where they do it. I don't know. Well, luck, lucky for you, or or you, yeah, you may there, not have they're there to fish. entertain. Well, lucky for us dummy anglers, you know. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. So that 20 pound range you keep referencing, is that kind of a middle of the road? Is that a, is that a trophy or what's, what were some of the fish you were catching? Uh, that was on the, that, that was the largest fish we caught on that trip. 20 pounds. Uh, yeah. 20 pounds. Uh, BJ Harns, one of the other guys from the trip with us, he caught a 20 pound as well. Uh, but, um, you know, there are some, you know, Dorado, Golden Dorado that are in the 30 plus pound range. We didn't get any of those on this trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a shot at one, had a shot at one, and it was probably 35 plus pounds. 
And it was one of those that you were sleeping up on it. Uh, in the grass, bushes, all that kind of stuff. And it laid the fly perfectly. Mm-hmm. And just got total refusal. <laughs> oh, man. Complete refusal, yeah. Just, he just said no. no not happening. No. And just disappeared. Oh, golly. Bum. So. That's got to be such an interesting deal to take a trip to that the whole journey involved to get there. And it seems like if you hook up with one fish, like everything after that is bonus. I mean, you're in a beautiful location. I mean, the mission is to get there and target that fish, but it seems like as soon as you get that first one, man, you're just, you're, you're playing on house money. Yeah, exactly. Definitely house money. And you know, the, 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 the people are, are just fascinating. In the fact that the, the these the Chamani Indians, they know the fact this is their land that we're fishing on. They know they have a really good deal there, but they don't want to. They don't want to become um, more techno- technological than they are. The, you know, I watched these kids that were my boatmen, you know, using primitive bow and arrows, shoot sabalo out of the water, in the water, grab them after they stung them, and put them in the boat to eat for dinner. And uh, huh. we were walking up uh, the Agua Negra up to some of the headwaters of it, hiking up there, taking turns, you know, side fishing, side casting the fish. And we saw some jaguar tracks Ooh. that were pretty fresh, but they were following a taper tracks. We thought, okay, that's kind of cool, you know. Then when we turned around to come back, we saw more fresh jaguar tracks. <laughs> well, suddenly the the natives became hypersensitive. You know, the bows and arrows came out, the machetes uh-huh. came out, also the kind because there there was a there was a jaguar in the area, no question. Oh they, man, they that would have been maybe fifteen minutes from the time we hit the headwater when we turned around to come by, and there were fresh jaguar tracks along the way after after just walked in. Almost getting circled or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, you know, at, at, at one point you kind of go, hmm, I'm not in Oklahoma anymore, that's for sure. So, oh, uh-uh. Yeah. I don't know if bear spray will work on a Jaguar. Yeah, I know. I just kind of like, well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm either going to make it or I'm not, right? Right. Oh, man. So, so okay, so on recapping on your fish, you caught the biggest fish of that trip of the group, uh, which means you you caught a bigger fish than Randy, which is, you know, it's now recorded in foreverness yes. here on this podcast, uh, yeah. whether he likes it or not. I know, right? And, and I'll, I'll be fishing with Randy in Brazil here in about a month, and uh, so, yeah, Randy, will let me let me hear about it for sure. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Now, and then before we go to to your next trip, which probably involves Randy as well, but uh, is the 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 program or the the, the service um uh that that puts together these trips i don't say guides the trips but puts together this uh, uh the outfitter thank you uh that puts these trips together is that somebody that you all are affiliated with or work with through the shop or is that available yet uh it is it's we randy has worked through yellow dog for these trips through yellow dog okay okay yeah, through yellow dog and of course this trip like i said will be planned for a couple of years prior um but it is something we're beginning to touch bases with avalon uh, yellow dog and avalon avalon being the one that uh, 
busy outfitter for the flats fishing in Cuba. Okay. Okay. And uh, I, I love going to Cuba. I don't know if you saw that. Some some of y'all may remember the giant permit that I caught in Cuba. Just in sure. case you haven't, you can you can send <laughs> you a picture. Oh, I've, I've got humble I've got, brag. I've got, brag. I've got yeah. your pictures burned into my mind. Yes. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's a it's it's such a fascinating fish as well. But, uh, but we'll reach out to them. Maybe we can begin to host some trips down there and keep the shop. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I. Uh, uh, so we were we were supposed to record this episode. I alluded to that earlier that uh, we had to reschedule so many times. And in the interim of trying to visit with you about your nacho cheese Doritos, you then made a uh, a trip to Baja and and Chase and Mahi and uh, and great fish there. Uh, tell us tell us more about that trip. You've done that well, a bunch. Yeah, yeah, my trip to Baja was actually uh, a year ago last summer, and um, uh, we all know Grayson Blum. Grayson wanted to go to Baja, wanted to catch mahis and and uh, and roosters, mm-hmm. and he came in and asked me about that. We went out, had a casting lesson, got him ready to go. He just had a bang up trip, had a bang up trip out there to, to Baja. He did, man. He was catching all sorts of stuff. Those roosters, they were they were beautiful. Gorgeous. Gorgeous roosters. I'm gonna have and to yeah. unfriend all of you guys on Facebook because I'm tired of seeing yeah, all these no pictures while I'm at work. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep posting, no, no, man. Gray, you know, Grayson. Grayson's an awesome dude. You know, he, he came in the shop and was just asking about um, wanting to get his cast kind of dialed in, and and so I asked him. I said, "Well, what do you what do you plan on doing?" He talked about going to Baja and catching mines and, and roosters. And of course, I told him, I said, look, you know, the thing that you need to do, you don't have to cast 100 feet. You know, 100 foot cast is not going to be in your, in your repertoire, but you got to cast fast. Everything has to happen fast because you're going to be on the bow of that panga and, and they're going to pull up to a Sargosa mat. And your guy's going to reach in there and he's going to pull out some sardines and sling it against that Sargosa mat. When those sardines land, it's going to be chaos and carnage immediately. You got time to make one roll cast, pick it up, one tug, and send it. 50, 60 feet's all you need, and strip as fast as you can. And so that's what we worked on. Uh, Grace and I worked on that for a little bit. Grace just fantastic. And got down there and just, God, just killed. Just did awesome. That's a great trip. And it's a great trip for, you know, uh, people that, you know, I mean, we all have to live on a budget, but but it is a very, very budget-friendly trip as well. So I need to, I need to get with Grayson. He, uh, I think you guys, yeah, it was, it was in September then went that, that he went there, uh, yeah. the, the Baja trip. And, uh, I've, I've September, I had to look back through my text message. September 9th is, is what I had here, but, uh, he had, uh, he had picked up a bonefish taper monic line. Uh, mm-hmm. and curious if that's, if that's what he had success on or, or how he liked it there. So, yeah, don't know. Don't, anyway. Yeah. Don't. I, I, I feel like a bad person that I hadn't asked. Yeah. <laughs> shame on you. Shame on you. I, there's so many, so many reasons to, to shame on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we won't go into all of them tonight. Well, we don't have time. <laughs> so, so how is the, how is the shop going? How is your world going? Oh man, the shop is going really well. Um, you know, thankfully we've got a, a, a great, group of customers and uh, new customers all the time. 
uh, great customers, super friendly, uh, very supportive of the fly fishing industry. Um, you know, a lot of people that are learning, coming in, want to learn what to do next, how to get started. And uh, it's only going to make for a better uh, overall community in Oklahoma. You know, the more that we can introduce these people the right way, and, and, you know, help them learn to be better stewards of the river and the resources that we have. Uh, you know, we get, we got great water in Oklahoma. Great water in Oklahoma. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, and you, you guys are great testaments to that. You know, you know the upper Illinois going up there, you know, whacking the smallies up there. You guys just do a great job. Do a great job on that. We just make it look like it on Instagram. There you I'm go. trying to get I'm trying to get Chris to change the, the Creek Adventure slogan to "We catch dinks," so he won't do it. Yeah, I there you go. There I, you go. I, I will not do it. I I won't. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I saw on on uh, uh, Facebook or you know, Facegram or Instabook or whatever that uh, uh, you've done two or one or two at least now of your your intro classes, uh, kind of wide open, not tying, basic casting. Uh, yeah. I don't know what, it, it seemed like just a heck of a heck of a class and well attended mm -hmm. the pictures I saw. Yeah, what um, what precipitated that is that, you know, they began to stock the Blue River, first uh, uh, November essentially. And um, so we started having a lot of people migrating into the shop. We wanted to pick up, you know, flies, bugs for what they needed for the Blue River. And then that always invariably asks, now, where do I put this? How do I tie it? Where do I tie it? Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm standing in the shop, you know, tying all these leaders for these people. I thought, you know, maybe we ought to just make a class. So we made a class, you know, capped it at eight. It filled up immediately. We capped it at 12. Went to 12 and 14 showed up. <laughs> so anyway, and it, it was a great time. We just had an absolute ball. Um, you know, it was our first time to do it. Wasn't really sure what to expect. We had a little, you know, we got that big 86 inch TV in the shop. Mm -hmm. Have a little small PowerPoint presentation that's up there that we can uh, reference. And then uh, we tied knots and built leaders. And everybody's had a great time. So we opened it up again and it's already full again, December 6th and the next one. Uh, you know, we'll change the format just a little bit to make it a little bit more conducive for the product. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gone really, really well. And, and once again, it just, done, go ahead. Y'all have done some cool things, man. Then you, you mentioned community and, you know, being in the middle of Oklahoma, you know, that's, what's going to drive the sport is, is the community around it. And you guys being that hub down there in that area, y'all have done, I've seen y'all doing smoking some meats for game day on Saturday mornings. Um, I've been tempted to jump in there. I haven't watched game day in probably six years, but I, I thought yeah. about jumping in the car and, come and eating breakfast with you guys and, and drinking coffee. So uh, yeah. it, it's fun to see from a distance, you know, we're only an hour and a half away, but um, to see what you guys are doing and, and those, those events filling up and, and really driving the community aspect um, there in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Thank you. You know, one of the things that we, we have really very intentionally set out that we wanted to uh, not be a babysitting service, you know, for, for, a bunch of old fly fishermen to sit around. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we, we we wanted to be that place where people felt comfortable coming and hanging out. And uh, it was really fascinating the other day. Uh, a couple of guys in the oil and gas industry, uh, two different disciplines in oil and gas, but they both sort of knew of each other, but didn't really know each other per se. 
And the more they visited, the more they realized that they had a lot in common. And I remember hearing them say, you know, it's kind of cool that we can come to this place and hang out and reconnect with, you know, people in our, in our industry. And uh, we've got a lot of people in the medical industry that are coming in and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of young professionals that are coming in. So it's, it's really neat. Fun time. Fun, fun time. Yeah, fly fishing is, I mean, it's just so universal and, uh, and it doesn't have to be uppity by any means um it, it kind of just attracts all and uh it's 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 fun to celebrate it's fun that you guys have such an awesome place uh to celebrate it for people to ask the, the dumb questions you know in air quotes there um that uh, are often not, not dumb you know they're they're very yeah it's uh um many of us who who were not willing to ask the dumb questions uh learned by lots and lots of mistakes and and formed plenty of bad habits and uh and probably wasted just uh bukus of money uh doing yeah. things the wrong way so uh yeah super cool and uh and then staying on the shop for a second um you said you are you are working through some folks to to book trips mm -hmm. um as we saw back to the socials um uh, a, a picture of some monster Louisiana redfish. Oh yeah. From yeah. this last week. Um, once again, I'm, I'm just not on Facebook anymore. I'm just completely off of it. Uh, Dalton. I am, I am at work watching you guys catch 40 inch redfish. So. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. No, they, uh, you know, again, and speaking of our buddy, Grayson Blum, um, we had, uh, kicked around this idea about a uh, Venice, Louisiana trip and, and Grayson and, and Joe Young decided to, you know, pick up on it and they went down there and God, they just got into some big, big regrets. Just awesome. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the website earlier and that's a very reasonable trip as well, that very Venice, Louisiana. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Extremely reasonable. Uh, you know, we're going to do it again next year. We didn't, Oh, how to say it the right way. We frankly, we just didn't promote it well enough. We didn't get mm -hmm. the word out there well enough. We didn't have enough of the details early enough. Um, and so um, it didn't get full, that's for sure. But we, you know, we kicked around and said, just, let's just go. Let's just go. I and, mean, you know, we, our job is to take people fishing. And uh, so, anyway, that's what that, happened. That'll be promotion in itself enough, you know, for next year is those yeah. fish those guys caught. Oh, they were awesome. And uh, Dan and Josh, you know, uh, headed down and, and uh, you know, it, it, it worked out great. And uh, just, you know, the fishing was spectacular. The weather was a little sketchy a couple of times, but they were able to work around it. And man, they, it, some of the videos and some of the fish are just, of course, I think redfish are super cool anyway. They're just a super cool fish. Uh, but they had a great trip. Yeah, awesome. I have a goal to get on them next spring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and, saw the picture of uh, uh, of Dan with his fish. That's the one I, I saw. I didn't realize I didn't realize that Grayson went on that trip as well. So yeah, Grayson went on that trip as well. Yes, yeah. Grayson's getting too much airtime on this podcast tonight. Too many kudos. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm I'm getting jealous of him and and his um, adventure. So uh, yeah. no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just speaking of Dan though. Silly. Yeah, no, Dan does no. an incredible job for you guys modeling all of your Haller Bros and and Sims oh. and all that. But you know, if you need some more talent 
I'd be happy to come down and and be a shop go. model for some for some Halibros gear. There you go. I, I, I got you. I'm, I'm hearing you, brother. I'm picking <laughs> yes. up what you're laying down. <laughs> Dalton's a Dalton's our pretty one, and uh, uh, you know, tried to put some, tried to tag Halibros in some in some posts at some point to to get him a modeling okay. deal, and they just they didn't uh, they didn't bite. Oh man, yeah, angle, I guess. <laughs> oh well. Well, so what else you got going on? Are you, are you, uh, are, are you, is this, is tis the season to be guiding, uh, on the lower mountain fork as well? Uh, I am, I'm uh, heading back down there. As a matter of fact, I leave tomorrow. I've got, there's a group of, um, uh, women's Texas women's fly fishers are coming up and they booked a few of us. And, um, so I'll be, you know, doing a couple of those trips and another trip that's not associated with them. <clears throat> Excuse me, not associated with them. But um, then after that, you know, because it is a Christmas season, I'm going to stick closer to home um, to you know help around the shop, you know, to accommodate to what we expect to be, you know, a pretty busy time. Good. And then, uh, yeah, then after the first of the year, be frantically tying flies, getting ready to go back to Brazil. So such a such a horrible life such a <laughs> no what's the target species in brazil uh of course peacock bass uh mm-hmm. arowana my big mission this year um is to catch a big arapaima uh, i've wanted a big arapaima but you know it's always been at, at the expense of just catching so many peacock bass and don't get me wrong they're they are a ton of fun to catch mm-hmm. You know, they, they go to bed angry, they wake up angry, they're angry all day. They're just angry all the time. And, um, but, you know, this is, this is, I don't know how many years we've been going down there now, but I've caught my share of, you know, some big peacocks and lots of peacocks, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, lots of arowana. But I was talking to Randy about it the other day, and, and we may actually schedule our own personal private trip to go try to get this accomplished, but we both want. A really big arapaima. Okay. Yeah. So. Arapaima are the cowboy boot fish, correct? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're- yeah. For for all the cowboys out there listening, wearing arapaima boots. Yeah. Stephen and Randy are going to go catch you some. Yeah. And they are they're air breathers, right? Mm-hmm. They come up and take big gulps of air, and uh, but then they the ones I've seen on on videos. Uh, online or i mean they can be what 150 pounds i mean they're massive right oh These yeah big yeah. big they, fish yeah they can get up to about 300 wow. and, uh, but but you know i mean it'd be a miracle to catch one of those when i was in cuba in october i was talking to a couple of buddies about you know the brazil trip and one of the people that was in cuba with us in may is going to be in brazil the week before i get there so we'll cross each other coming out, us coming in, them coming out. Um, but anyway, uh, one of the guys down there, a buddy of his had just texted him a picture of one of his buddies that caught a, like a 200-pound arapaima in Guyana. Oh. I was going, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for showing me that. <laughs> I've just been dreaming about that ever since. You know, now it's kind of crazy but uh, yeah uh, there there are some really really big arapaima the biggest one i've ever actually stuck 
and, and they're they're like a tarpon, you know, those of you that fish for tarpon, you know, you got to really reef on them. You set the hook, it's just got to really reef on them hard. They're just really a bony, bony mouth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you you never do really trust your first hook set. I mean, you just got to really strip it into them. And uh, the biggest one I stuck was about 80 pounds. Came right up out of the water, did a big spin around itself, and then just whoosh, spit the fly right back out. It's just but, gone. Yeah, and it's gone, you know. But uh, yeah, that's that's my goal. Hopefully, I'm man. Speaking of guys that are getting a lot of airtime on this episode, Mr. Randy Richter, he is yeah. an incredible fly fisherman, incredible human. Yeah. I know that you guys have both chalked up a lot of species on the fly. Do you keep count? I mean, do you know how many species that you are up to? You know, I I don't keep count. I know that uh, Randy and his wife Sherry they started. Randy started doing it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know he has the world record grass carp. Oh wow! Yeah. I did not know that. He owns the world record grass carp. I think it's sixty-five pounds, and he's wow. caught this thing for over a week. Oh he, my god! That's that to catch this fish. He's pretty funny, but uh, no, I think I think it was sixty-five pounds, but. You know, Randy's been keeping a ledger of all of uh, the species for a long, long time. And, uh, but no, he's, he's a great fishing buddy. Uh, solid human, solid angler. Uh, just love to be out there and get after it. I awesome. Yeah, I'll have to start cool. keeping count. Good yeah, one, yeah. I'll have to start keeping count of my species. I'm probably yeah. up to like four or five. Uh, I, th- I think he's probably in the <laughs> 250 range now. Some kind of man number it's just ridiculous yeah but uh yeah he'll always whenever you're with him he'll always take an extra small rod or something like that to try to catch some other weird species that may be hmm. that that you know fishery and, mm-hmm. and he typically does so you know, yeah. and he catches tough. them and he takes pictures and uh and adds it to his ledger and yeah yeah, yeah. well dalton we're we're at least at 15 and I know actually well more than that, but at least with the yeah. TU challenge, we're at least at 15 species. <laughs> That's a good head start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, not complete, not complete chums, but, uh, well, Stephen, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. Any, anything, uh, you want to add before we sign off about the shop or, uh, uh, your personal accomplishments? Um, well, you know, nothing really to speak of. I mean, you know, personal accomplishments, I always feel like it's just, I'm just lucky to be alive, frankly. I'm, I'm <laughs> lucky to be a part of this great community and lucky to have, a, you know, the, the associations that I do have. And, um, and it's, you know, it's just, it's just so much fun with so many good people that are out there, you know, just knucklehead and trying to figure it out. So yeah. well, you're, you're, you're very humble and, uh, and I am, uh, I don't say proud of, jealous of, whatever word you want to insert there, uh, of uh, all the stuff I've seen you do, and uh, uh, and just hope that I I can catch up to at least half of that uh, uh, as as life goes on. So anyway, uh, yes, well, sir. Awesome. Thank you, thank you for being a steward of our sport and and leading the charge um, here in Oklahoma. Um, a very behind the scenes or you know a hidden gem of fly fishing you know we we all are appreciative of what we got in here in oklahoma and and thank you guys for um doing what you do uh, um hoping that you and dittner are going to hit the caddis hatch this year 
and hopefully I can make it with you guys. I've, I've kind of not been able to make it the last couple of years, but if you would please invite me one more year, I promise oh, I'll make it. <laughs> no, you got you got to make that trip. It's awesome. Yes, sir. Awesome. Yeah. Seven. That is one trip I can afford one state over. Maybe not Brazil, but maybe Arkansas. I can I can do Arkansas. You can do Arkansas. <laughs> you can do Arkansas. Awesome, guys. Thank you all, all so right. much for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, happy yes, to have you. Come by and see you at the shop sometime soon, sometime real soon. I'll make it a priority. And uh, and thanks for being on, man. Talk soon. Yeah, see you later. Thank you. Bye. See you. That was neat. That was neat. You weren't there, but that was neat. You weren't there. I'm going to make you feel bad about it. D and I had to, to, to got to hang out with, uh, with Steven alone and I'm sorry you missed it, but, uh, but I still like hearing you say that was neat. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. You, you gotta, neat. you gotta throw it in there. I mean, I'm going to listen to it and I guarantee when I listen, listen to it, I'm going to say that was neat. You know, I, bet, I, bet <laughs> you I, bet I need a live neat. reaction. We'll cut back in a live reaction. Maybe we'll do an Instagram post of, uh, of Trevor's face, like just a 45 minute. Can you do that while you're, while you're just watching and, and we can watch yeah, your we'll reaction as you go on Twitch. Do they have that podcast for Twitch? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. We can do a Twitch stream someday. Minute 13, Trevor picks his nose. Minute, minute 17, he laughs and snorts, but you can't hear it. <laughs> It's good to be back, guys. I've missed y'all. It is. On podcast forum, we've hung out, we've talked, we've texted every single day, but we haven't recorded in a minute, y'all, so it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Um, it, it, it's been a really busy summer and fall, finally starting to be able to get back kind of into the fishing routine. Uh, I know I've talked about it, you know, in the in the previous episodes right after I had a baby you know I, I had a baby back in July and she's growing up she's almost five months now she'll be five months on the 11th and she's getting real fun um and so that that's been cool we're, we're into our routine and uh now I can kind of start getting back into uh into the stuff not that I love <laughs> sounds bad the uh, the other stuff that I love uh other than being you know being dad but uh, lots of lots of things that I'm I'm, I'm stoked about. I, I I've barely touched a fly rod here over the last couple of months, but got to do a little fishing. Well, you, uh, you full on you full on travel. You you full on destination fished. So you can't say you haven't touched a fly rod or, or just a little fishing because you went multiple states away. But uh, real, real quick, because because I I really we we want to talk about our life and changes and this and that, but. I don't want to go really any further into today's podcast um, without acknowledging there's lots of stuff on online, um, obviously, and, and so we're not going to go deep into it, but acknowledging um, the honor that, that we had in spending time with meeting several times and, uh, and recording a couple episodes uh, with Mr. Dave Whitlock who who passed uh within the, the last couple of weeks and uh, just after shortly after his 88th birthday and uh, we got to be with him in person the the day before his birthday i think it's on emily's birthday and the day before his birthday they're they're a day apart and um, so 
so sad. And I, mean, I look at things a little differently. I mean, I, this, this guy had such an amazing life and he said to us, you know, at his uh, age of 87, uh, that, you know, had steady hands and a quick mind. And uh, so for him to, to have that quality of life at that point and, and not, suffer past that uh i'm kind of giving my own viewpoints in life here but uh um i i, I choose to celebrate his life and uh, but but sad for for emily and the family and uh um so that obviously we are very blessed to have gotten to spend time with them and and so that's uh just wanted to acknowledge that do you guys have anything you want to add yeah man like just to echo that incredible i we're so fortunate you know when you booked dave whitlock i was like we have no business talking to this guy you know we're fresh out the oven you know podcast and he is on mount rushmore so i am grateful to you for you know taking charge and and you know shooting for the stars and, and booking him and and just from the instant we got to talking to him and he they're just true teachers. I mean, they, they want to spread knowledge. They don't want anything back in return for it. They're just, they were in that stage of life where they were just spreading love, knowledge, and, and we got to benefit from that. Um, you know, we said at Heirloom Rustic Ales, we got to see him the day before his 88th birthday speak on his Caddis Emerger system, one of those famous articles he had written. And um, he was just, man full of life and ripping roaring, and ready to go and it was it was just a fun opportunity man he had his prints out for sale i you know just to get a dave whitlock signature if you've ever seen one is a work of art in itself so he had some books out some stickers some prints and i was like man i gotta get i gotta get a signature just because it's, it's incredible the detail he takes and personalization of each single one um, so bought a print. I had him sign it for my son Wade. So I can't wait to to hang it up in his room and and kind of share that story and and the knowledge of Dave with Wade one of these days. So very yeah, grateful. I uh uh yeah, two two points there. I I um I picked up a couple prints at that at that Trout Unlimited meeting where where he spoke. Uh I mean his last speaking engagement and, and uh, super blessed to be a part of that too. Uh but you pick up a couple prints and a book and uh, you know, I've already got them mounted or what do you call it? Framed, framed and hanging in the office. And, and yeah, if, when he signs something, it's, it's a, a short paragraph that becomes mm -hmm. a picture. I mean, legitimately the dude's drawn a picture in a book. So I had a, about a book and some stickers too, which is, uh, uh, was really, really cool then. And then, you know, I, I don't want to say it's cooler now. Right. But, but I'm happy that I have it now. Um, uh, cherish it more i guess but it was interesting yeah because we we had the you know new guys very very new guys still the new guys on the block with the podcast and um and he recorded with us twice and he never treated us that way we were mm -hmm. never uh you know the, the not I, I don't know what i'm trying to say there no that, that's what i was going to say i just listened back to those episodes this past week um and it's, it's something that I'm going to find myself listening to. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that likes to go back and listen to my own voice uh, by any mm. means. 
and working in media and TV and, and, and all that stuff for years. Um, even when I was on camera, I hated watching myself. But going back and listening to those conversations, I, I think I'm going to find myself going back and listening to him, um, you know, just just to continue to learn and, and take in what he said. But really, just for that, to, to really relish that conversation that he had with us, um, he that the thing that stood out to me is he treated us like he's known us for 25 years. I and that. That's just a testament to who Dave and Emily are, that they are just so down to earth family people and the, the willingness to, you know, share their, their passion and their love with, with us and in, in turn our following is is so unique and, and such a cool experience, uh, especially when you see you know, the, the biggest names and brands in fly fishing out memorializing, you know, Dave Whitlock over the past couple of weeks. It's truly special because he made you feel like you're part of the family. You are, you know, this is something to be shared. This is something to be enjoyed by all. And, and there's no, there's no need to hide knowledge. There's no need to uh to to kind of covet any any industry secrets it's it's a sport that is you know by and large enjoyed on public waters and it's for the public it's for everyone and i'll always i'll always cherish that um i'm grateful for the opportunity and you know obviously you know sending our love and thoughts to emily uh and the whitlock family um and you know just to thank you for for sharing sharing dave with us and mm -hmm. and and share uh, to our to our listeners it was awesome you know there's been a few people i've met uh in life and and we and listeners we're not gonna we're not gonna go on and on about this too long but uh because uh, there's lots of stuff uh out there and lots of great stories and and testimonies and articles and uh and so um but i always always it's fun for me looking back uh, or, or being involved in, with, with somebody like that, that um, as a person gives you a goal to be a better person, right? Mm -hmm. And and not even the fly fishing legend part. I mean, that's that's maybe part of it just because of his status and his experience, but um, the you just find that person that challenges you to be a better person and to be nice to everybody. And to, yes, anyway, just cool stuff there. Uh, and, and, um, so, uh, I didn't want to not acknowledge, um, that momentous event here recently. Uh, and, and Trevor, you said it wonderfully, uh, our thoughts and prayers going, going out to Emily and, and the Whitlock family. And, um, and she did say in a, in her original post there, I've not talked to Emily. Um, uh, I, I sent her one short message, but I'm sure her phone was phone battery was was gone by that point from the messages coming from around the world, right? But um, uh, anyway, so okay, uh, life, Trevor. We've recorded since your child was born. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, okay, like I said, she's growing up, and yeah, we're getting the routine and and uh you know we she's she's pretty easy now for the most part sleeping through the night um her personality is out and about she's found her voice and 
I got to take her to the stream uh, for the first time uh, about a month ago. Um, no, not not even a month ago, about, about two and a half, three weeks ago. Um, got to take her to Lower Mountain Fork River um, down in Beaver's Bend in southeastern Oklahoma. And uh, that was her first time to be on, on a stream with me for a little bit. It was a little cold uh, mm -hmm. right there on the bluff, so she didn't stay <laughs> but she was she was nuzzled up with mama and and we it was it was a cool experience to take a picture with her and uh i i'm so excited again all like all i can think about is you know eventually wearing her and getting her out and fishing with her and yeah. um you know she's getting to that point where she she holds her own she holds her head up and um it's fun it's 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 fun to to see her grow up like this i'm i'm, I'm it's happening too fast I'll say that now do you do you have one of the the child carrier backpacks like the kelties or whatnot already? yeah I, um i so we've got a couple we've got like the one that you wear like the dude from the hangover um the one you wear mm. in the front but um <laughs> also big like an industrial hiking uh child carrier um and she's still a little too little for that but you know here in here in five six months she'll be she'll be able to rock and roll and I'll be able to to go out and you know I, I don't think I'll ever wade in the water with her but you know I'll be able to fish from a bank and um you know start start catching them with her and get her hooked early yeah I had the I had one of the Kelty ones that my girls didn't really tolerate like we'd go walks around the neighborhood and they're like yeah whatever um and then I what I realized and I bought I'd bought this one used um yeah, but um, it did. It was not one that had a sunshade designed in it, and so you really had to kind of overdo that because you're just holding them up into the sun to to get, uh, you know, get sunburned. And as and when they're little, little, you obviously they're they're sensitive to that. And a new parent, you care more. Um, all parents care. Never mind. Wait, let me let me make sure I'm not getting a DHS call here. But um, uh, but Aaron Aaron had one of those, and oh. I we got some good pictures. Uh. He was out fishing with his kiddo, um, and uh, but I think he's just done that once or twice. And you guys had awesome pictures for that trip. It was a, it was awesome. It was it was so much fun to be out there. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm appreciative. Uh, you know, my wife she she really likes being on a stream with me. She's she's she could take or leave it with fishing. You know, if I put a fly rod in her hand, she's she's good to have it for thirty minutes and. Uh, of course she will catch fish that's just how she is mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she'll catch a fish um but uh you know just be, being outside and, and enjoying it um uh, that that's to me what it's all about and um it, it again it just kind of gets me really excited about about what's next sweet well so real quick um i want to do a an update on creek adventures as a whole kind of kind of explain to the listeners what has um what what i've decided over the past few months uh, and made some changes um but before i do that for the podcast specifically listeners if you have ideas for season two we have some stuff cooking and lined up and and our own own things we're going to record on uh but if you have ideas uh topics for guests uh things you want to hear about specific fishing spots techniques whatever it is um new new food items that uh, that we need to uh, obsess about whatever it is uh, go to the uh 
we created a group last year towards the end of end of last season uh creek adventures podcast facebook group uh go go sign up there i i couldn't tell you if i made it public or private but go go sign up for that deal and and drop some comments give us some feedback give us some ideas um and uh that's that's a good forum to 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 do that in so uh for creek adventures as a as a company uh you know creek adventures started as a um was going to be a retail fly shop um as well as kayaks in in tulsa oklahoma and uh right before covid almost had a lease signed and like i mean like within a day of actually going to meet the landlord again and sign the lease and and i just i took pause covid happened and and it it didn't happen and i'm so so happy that it, that i didn't just crush all my dreams on day one there and decided that to to go the um the online shop route and and then just kind of just see where this type of community thing took us well it was it was very well supported um you know as far as brands focused heavily on the mid-priced brands the absolute best bang for the buck um quality monic fly lines they're not perfect in every scenario but they're they work really really well in a lot of scenarios especially our oklahoma heat uh for bass fishing and whatnot um and so did all of that what it came down to and this is this is giving maybe the reason before the event but um what ended up happening our our website between the media stuff and the the sales stuff uh the retail stuff was was getting 2500 to 2700 visits a week so great search engine optimization if you went and you know googled it you'd find find the link at the first or second spot the website got a lot of visit but i found myself not helping the goal is to help people find the best gear for the for the buck so they can enjoy the sport and expand the sport and the more awareness equals more conservation community we're having a good time i found myself then oh well i can get a reddington for ten dollars less blah 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 well that's not what i don't i don't i'm not fighting this to 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 do to be in a retail space and to compete against brands and to go build the business and and um <clears throat> i i can't tell you if i've even made money on this thing i don't think i have uh but point being that not much at least but point being that um i did not create creek adventures in its current state to um or in last year's state to to be this i want to compete against these companies these brands because that takes the fun out of it um that takes the educational <clears throat> excuse me excuse me, I had to, had to mute myself a coffee. It takes the, it takes the fun out, it takes the purpose out of it. So, um, so I have actually stepped back on the retail side. Um, I, the website is closed down. I, I have decided to keep all of my brand relationships. So if you need something, if you want to talk about fly gear, I want to talk about fly gear. I love it. I'm still selling the fly gear. I'm still fly lines, flies, leaders, rods, reels, whatever, uh, tip it and all that. But, um, but call me, let's talk, send me a message, that type of thing. If you want that help, if we want to 
talk about it and and look for the best thing that fits you in that mid-price category. I want to be involved in that, but not just from an order taker, online retail type of thing. So um, if you go to our Facebook or Instagram, the shop number is listed there. Um, it's forwarded to my cell phone, happy to discuss. Uh, and uh, so, so we're still doing all the same things, just not with the order taker online, trying to compete with nonsense thing. And so and then of course we have the podcast. So, uh, and then I probably will, um, you know, guide, continue to guide, you know, a very small handful of trips each year. Uh, I do, I do not want to be a full-time guide, um, uh, because I want to go out and spend time fishing with you guys or, and, and just meet people and have a good time and, and enjoy life. So, uh, I am open to guiding a few trips a year. Uh, but, but that will be, that is, that is the aim of, of the Creek Adventures brand now. Uh, and then obviously we're going to, we're going to keep recording the podcast and, uh, and this is, God, this, this lately has been the, the most fun part. So, um, okay. Mm -hmm. There was, there was my short announcement that only took like 45 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> Let's no, get into fun stuff. It, man. This is, uh, this is all part of change and man, we've been going through some big life changes. Both y'all new jobs. I picked up more responsibilities at work. Um, and just it's been a blur um but i think this will conclude the fly fishing part of the podcast and we're going to move to golf and bow hunting is that right <laughs> no this is no longer a fly fishing podcast no this is a fly fishing podcast this is becomes a golf podcast i'm out <laughs> <laughs> dalton is making fun of me because i have uh i have also been swinging some golf clubs lately um, and, and to me, that's the balance of, we live in Oklahoma and when the it's 20 mile an hour winds, when you look at the forecast on the day that you have free time and let's say it's 15 to 20, let's say it's a 10 to 15 mile an hour South wind. You are not floating down the lower Illinois for smallmouth because you have to row downstream and it mm -hmm. becomes miserable. If it's five to 10, I'm floating. If it's 10 to 15, I'm thinking about you it. Still and have a golf ball in that. 10 to 15, you're buying a micro skiff and you are going up the lower Illinois. That you is could, exactly. Yeah, you could, you can hold off on your micro skiff conversation because I'm excited for you, but you, you, you get your own little segment on that. <laughs> yeah, we need an unboxing and a review and a, that's going to be cool. Exactly. We, uh, Trevor sent us, us pictures of his uh, um, white outboard that's going on this micro skiff. So it's just like very, very uh, flats, bay, you know, flats uh, inshore micro skiff jealousy happening there. But, uh, but yeah, no, 10, 10 to 15 miles an hour, I'm going to play golf. And then 15 to 20 mile an hour wind. I'm going to do what we did last night and go into like one of these places that has a hitting bay and cold beer mm -hmm. and pizza and um, whatever. Fun, so, yeah, but November no, hits and I generally switch to, you know, the rut. Um, yeah. I've been uh, trying for a couple of years with my bow. Um, really not. I haven't taken a shot, honestly, um, but I've just been observing and learning, you know, habits and, you know, sign and, it's been a fun journey and finally got my first deer this year at 31 years old. 
um, mm-hmm. with my bow down at our farm in, in Marlow. Um, and man, talk about learning some valuable lessons early. Made a gut shot on a doe. You know, wanted to jump down out of the stand tracker, but, you know, I kind of found blood, tracked it for about 30 yards, and it was it was 20 degrees that weekend. So um, knew it wasn't a good shot, so backed out to the next morning. You know, found her 100 yards from the stand. Coyotes got her. Wasn't a, wasn't a pretty scene. Um, salvaged a little bit of meat. Was able to honor her um, that way, cooking up some backstrap and some shoulders. But, um, yeah, man, my, my brain has been deer hunting. Got to go down to deer camp for the first time. You know, I, my father-in-law has been talking about this deer camp for 25 years. Well, took me six years of marriage to get an invite. So I guess he had to make sure I was sticking around before he showed me that spot. But uh, learned right, a good lesson. Right, in, there. right, you're right. Um, he, he he took me to the train station, you know, down there where we uh where we dumped the deer. I, I made it back from the train station, so I guess I'm in good standing. It's not like that that side of a cliff on Yellowstone where they go toss all the bodies. Right, right. You didn't get tossed. Um, no, it's been fun, man. Um, got my first buck, a monster, four point. <laughs> Um, i actually shot 10 points worth of deer but only got four so again another hard lesson man shot placement tracking not bump not tracking too early and bumping it and running so remorseful for that for that shot on that nice six point but did what didn't you think you had a good shot on man him but maybe i don't believe my father-in-law is going to listen to this okay so I'll throw him under the bus. Ooh. Ooh <laughs> Good that's, you just got invited to deer camp, bro. You better uh Right. Just... I should I should retract that statement. Let's let's bleep that out. Out the um, ether. Gotta say it, brother. <laughs> and we we tracked too early. We 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 found good blood. Blood, you know, close to the to the shot site. And I shot with my AR, my two two three. Um 50, I mean probably twenty yards. I brought perfect broadside smoked him um but we we just kind of went out looking and ended up bumping the the buck and after that point you know they just they take off he was we bumped him he bumped him that's where i throw him under the bus um (laughs) probably 125 yards from the stand and you know he just took off running and the, the trail turned to pin drops and turned cold so we tracked for a few hours but I'm back to fishing. Um, I've got meat in the freezer. I'm cooking up some venison chili Colorado tonight. Um, going to try that out. I don't know. It's going to be experimental. You know, I'm going to probably need some pork fat in there. Um, just yeah. so it doesn't completely dry out, but I'm excited. So back to fishing. Nice. Now you're, you're, you're spot on though. I mean, like your two, two, three is a little small, uh, but, but okay. If you've got a good, you know, double long or heart shot i mean yeah. if you get a really good well, to shot. back up you know learning that lesson and knock down power walking in for the evening hunt um that four point was there waiting on the feeder to go off and you know he just he wasn't scared of our presence he kind of jogged off into the woods just checking us out probably 25 yards away perfect broadside through the uh, brush and father-in-law basically threw his 30-06 at me and uh you know just got down on a knee put him in the crosshairs and sent that dude into another dimension 
with that 30 out six you said you said you just flipped him over right there right <laughs> did a just did a barrel roll straight through the heart never took a step never took another breath after that yeah um well so, done thank you i bet your i bet your first one man uh you know it probably went that 100 125 yards and and laid down and uh, i think it would have i think it would have stopped yeah i really I, do you know pay but i mean i've been there you know you you know you got something and you you need to just sit there you you mm-hmm. have to just sit there and not not go is and every every everything in your body gets you excited you want to go but uh um yeah no it's good lessons it was fun man it was a two-room schoolhouse from the 30s an old wpa schoolhouse that they've converted into deer camp um just i mean one of those old school i mean not one person there took a shower besides me the whole weekend <laughs> so <laughs> it was a, it was a good i mean good the time pic- full of you know the pictures look dudes. look like hepatitis oh yeah cooked up some deer um deer shoulder in the crock pot man let it cook all day had homemade rolls had, it was the weekend after thanksgiving so everybody brought leftover you know thanksgiving food so it was it was a good time that's awesome i've got it i gotta find a place i i get i get so nervous i've been out on public land and i, I just know nothing about deer hunting just in, in general uh i i've got to find a place i really want to get out and try to harvest a doe before it's too late and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I know there's, there's a bunch of areas down near, uh, Sulphur and Davis, um, right in the Arbuckles that I've thought about going and hitting up and, uh, working in Southeastern Oklahoma, there's a, there's a ton of public, you know, wildlife management places, um, that I've thought about hitting up, but again, it's just a lot to learn. I, I wouldn't even know what to do if I shot one, um, I, I right. don't know. I, how to how to dress a deer and 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 what to do um so i, I gotta find somebody that that i can go with and, and really learn at some point uh i want to get into duck as well um but we got we, we gotta bring it back to fishing <laughs> we do this, this is a fly fishing podcast this is a fly fishing podcast but uh, generally i think our audience are all outdoorsmen you know yeah. anytime september rolls around i'm a dove That's- hunter i never go but my mentality is I'm a duck hunter, you know, turkey season rolls around. I got a turkey hunt, like, you know, but I never go. So my brain, it it just, when the seasons roll around, your your brain's geared up to it as an outdoorsman. And so if we had time to do it all, man, we would. Yep. Yeah. When I was in college, I used to go dove hunting every weekend in in September um, and really loved, I love spring turkey, Um, love spring turkey um that's 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 fun stuff i gotta get the bow out again so so fishing um you know i i, I know we haven't done a ton i just got back from new mexico and um you know i've i've my i've been fortunate had a place in in this part in southern new mexico for you know i've been going up there for 30 years literally since you know uh, since i was born um my family's had a place even longer and there it's you know, it's, it's, it's in the desert, you know, the, the, the mountains up there, it's in the desert. There's not, there's not a ton of water. Now there are some streams and I've seen trout and I've caught trout in some of these tiny little streams. I mean, we're talking, you know, some of these, some of the water is, you know, no wider than, you know, your door frame um, into your house. And, uh, and I, I've, I've learned and caught some fish there. 
well, for the first time, I went up and checked out some of the reservoirs. I've, I've driven by a couple of them, and, and they really are pretty mountain reservoirs. And I, I, I fell in love. Uh, they're just, oh, no. <laughs> uh, Trevor, Trevor fell like, down. Yeah, I fell down. <laughs> I fell down uh, recording on my phone today. Um, there are some really awesome stock reservoirs up there that just have some just very pretty plentiful fish everybody's catching fish i've never fished for trout in a reservoir before i've never you know fished in you know for still water so it's fun throwing streamers you know typically i'm used to nymphin and and uh, all all that stuff it was it was a blast uh and i now am, am super excited to go back and take a sink and fly line and and really get out and, and chase some of the trout up there uh because the scenery's just awesome the fish are all healthy and really good size you know even you know they're they're predominantly stock trout don't get me wrong there are there there are reproducing trout in the in those lakes but the 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 fish are all just good good size um and so it was it was it was blast I, i i loved it very cool man very cool not not jealous at all <laughs> i did i got a uh, i got a trip into um white river uh below bull shoals uh, a few weeks ago but i, I oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and Dalton and I got it. So, so we, we say we haven't fished a lot. We, we got plenty of, uh, late summer, smallie fishing, uh, early fall. Um, and then we kind of had to hit this hiatus a little bit or this, this little lull. Um, yeah, I think our last trip was, uh, was a smallmouth float. Mr. Joe Ram came over from Arkansas. Yeah. Um, went down, cut some good smallmouth that day caught we were trolling for white bass ah, with fly lines that was y- funny yeah yeah uh i was getting beat down at the end of the day just letting your fly line drag and all of a sudden feel a giant tug on it we caught three sand bass in a row doing that so yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah joe had yeah. too we were through these through these uh, of course the water was shallow but we had uh you know we go through these kind of deep almost slack water pools and uh and you're rowing downstream just a little bit to keep keep the day going because we came off the water at at dark i think that night and uh um and he had this mega i I think he was not sure why but he joe had uh uh at least one of his spools was five inch per second sinking line and uh and yeah so this this line has gotten down deep and we're going down stream and was picking up sand bass in these these deep pools on the upper and they were um, at least two of them i remember were really good ones mm-hmm. i mean they were they were and uh, uh i think the look on his face was was probably the best because I mean, they were they yeah, were pulling. first one on the fly it was that's right yeah that's, that's yeah. right um and it hadn't bent enough that i thought he had a big drum on there at one point but uh but then it was you know it was running the way it does mm-hmm. the, the way they do but uh I had a trip after that. Um, I think the weekend after that, uh, that I had to, or I, I had the privilege to um, take Phil Curtis and his dad um, on a float, uh, Smalley float, exact same thing. We did Chewy to uh, to Round Hollow uh, on the Upper Illinois, and uh, uh, he he won that. That was the uh, the trip that 
that we donated uh, as part of the Trout Unlimited Chapter 420 uh, 15 species challenge. And uh, so, so they won that trip and, and we, and of course it's, of course it's Phil who, you know, I think he probably started the chapter, right. He's been involved in it forever. Um, and his dad, who is, his dad is 80. I was, I was shocked to learn during the trip, um, that his dad was 80 years old. Cause this dude was very, uh, very hip, uh, like, like, would have made Dalton jealous. This dude's wearing like the poncho shirt, like poncho brand shirt, which is like kind of a Howler Brothers type thing. And, and Hey Dude shoes. I mean, this dude, he was, he was uh, better dressed than me and for sure. More style than me, which doesn't say a lot, but, uh, uh, and lots of fun. We, I mean, we laughed and talked smack and, uh, uh, and caught, caught lots of, lots of fish. And that was, so that was a lot of fun. But I think that was my last bass trip of the year. Um, and then I, I took a trip to the white, uh, with, with my fishing buddy, Don and spent a couple of days there. And, um, it was super low water, uh, minimum flow the whole, the whole weekend. Um, so it was, it was, it was bobbers and egg fishing, you know, and, and, uh, but it was fun. I mean, we still, still had a really good time. I kind of, I, 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 I lowered my expectations to the very bottom kind of kind of dialed down any thoughts of of wanting to throw meat and streamers and just kind of took a chill pill and had an absolute blast catching bobber and egg fish and and lots of them i mean we were they were they were 40 50 fish each per day That's I mean, so nice yeah and and good fish and real pretty fish they've got great color uh the water stayed stayed clear on that river I think, it, I think it always does, but it's, it's, uh, it stayed clear this year and that really just brings out their colors. And so it was, um, so that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. I mean, so we haven't, haven't not fished, but just not, uh, twice a week, like we're used to. <laughs> so right. Need to get back, man. Yeah. It's freaking 40 degrees outside. You know yeah, what? But that's trout season. season. Uh, it's trout season, and even more. I was talking to old Forto Chad last <laughs> night. Can't go an episode without mentioning Forto Chad. Cannot do it. We 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 love you, and uh, we 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 just we we love you, Forto. Uh, <laughs> we, I love you, Forto. <laughs> love you, Forto. Uh, I was talking to him last night, uh, and. You know, shameless plug, just bought myself a little micro skip. Mm. I am just chomping at the bit to do two things chase striper. Mm. And the other thing, and this is the time of year we're coming up walleye, sawguy, and sauger. Mm-hmm. Apparently, their spawning season is just around the corner, uh, like winter months, January, February. Okay. And uh, that is what I'm going to be focusing on over here in the next couple of weeks is, is learning as much as I can about where to find walleye, sawguy, and sauger. Um, I know that, you know, one of the, one of the lakes in my backyard here in Norman, Lake Thunderbird, uh, there's a lot of sawguy uh, in there. And so learning more about where to find them um, and how to chase them. Uh, man, they are, they are good eating fish. They are, they are a tasty fish, fish fry fish. Uh, yeah. uh, that's, 
that is where my heart is firmly set right now dude you just, and they're so easy to catch you just you just you get them inside the boat you just you know just lip them right oh yeah yeah <laughs> no, no. Get it. listeners listeners don't do that i think i don't think he actually, actually believes me there but they're quite toothy critters to so so thunderbird uh dirty bird i was told that up near their the water intake it's yes. it's real deep and if you can get a sinking line against that against the water take they tend to congregate there because i think it sucks bait fish uh it's a good good spot for them but i was surprised to learn and and i wouldn't be surprised if somebody told me this wasn't true but i was surprised to learn i think hefner like hefner yeah. has a really oh, good absolutely right okay good walleye population yeah i and is, i just anything about it don't know where they're at where they hang um well you need to run over and see your buddies at jd adams and see if they can get you some intel i do need to go see our friends over at jd adams um it, it, I, I i need to catch up catch up with those guys you know i was talking to somebody uh well it's again forto chad he, he got the intel uh that there's a bunch of them that are hanging out kind of by the powerhouse uh on the lower mountain floor down in beaver's bend um there's, oh. a, there's a gentleman down there that's catching them on purple woolly buggers sinking line and uh casting out after after dark and and just absolutely slaying them yeah why not why not and you know for for us up here the northeast which which i you know i think trevor should travel this way and we should travel that way um but uh clayton eliason um gave a gave a talk last year in one of our trout unlimited meetings about um walleye on the white below beaver mm-hmm. on the white river below beaver lake and uh and they're getting into that time of year there as well so if they're if they're you know not running water up there i think we need to go chase some some tailwater trout there uh yeah. but but if they are running water i think we need to put the raft in or a or a boat and and chase some walleye hundred percent we've got out there we need to plan that trip and i'm i'm not above trying to put three people on trevor's fancy new one person micro (laughs) Micro skip yeah in the in the winter in waders with without a life jacket this all that would be genius um (laughs) so so what's the boat you bought man uh it is a hoodoo hero one fifth uh 130 um they're a company based out of Texas. It is, you know, designed to be a, a saltwater flat, um, little micro skiff. It weighs a hundred pounds. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's a kayak that is shaped more like a skiff. It has a flat bottom, um, mm-hmm. you know, and can cruise into, you know, three to four inches of water. Um, uh, has a uh, really nice uh, steel plate transom mount on the back um so i was able to get the tahatsu six horsepower outboard for it Mm -hmm. and um you know with it how being light how light it is uh it you know it'll plane and 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 cruise water you know that i've seen reviews almost in about 18 miles an hour so that thing that thing flies um you know so i i'm really really excited um, for a multitude of reasons with, with my office being in Southeastern Oklahoma, uh, I'm on Lake Texoma every week. 
Um, and so being able to hit the Red River up and down Denison Dam is something that I'm really excited about, being able to hit that shallow water, but also just getting out on the lake um, and, and, and cruising some of those spots, looking for, you know, where they come up and with a shad boil and, and really throw into the striper. And right now they're, it's, they're all, they're all down deep, I guess, um, you know, and, and people are catching them dead sticking. Uh, but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, the, I, I can't wait to, I want to take it up the lower Illinois. I want to take it. Uh, I, I, I want to take it into some of these shallow spots for sand bass runs, mm-hmm. uh, just like a really versatile boat um, for me to be able to hit spots that I've never been able to hit before and load it, you know, load it and unload it by myself and, and just get out and get on the water a heck of a lot more. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And so is it, it's, if it's a hundred pounds, it's, uh, he says like a kayak. So it's the high density plastic. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's proto molds. Um, you know, yeah. basically stuff that they make a Yeti. So. Okay. So it's, yeah. so it's a, it's a mini hog Island. Okay. Good. Good. It's a mini hog Island. Yeah. I'm yeah. Still, I mean, it's not, but I, I just have to, you know, keep people knowing my dreams in case hog Island ever decides they want to throw a boat our way too. <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's it, it it seems tough as nails um they only came out about a year ago um uh, and so i'm um, they're starting you're starting to see communities pop up of people have and it's they're kind of in direct competition not yeah i guess competition um uh, to solo skiff and i see a lot of people out with the solo skiffs and similar yeah. pro mark um i went with the hoodoo just because i, I was able to save just a a few hundred bucks. Um, and, and I, I, I liked the, the storage compartment in the rear just a little better. Um, uh, as well as the transom mount seemed a, a little nicer to me, but, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a glorified high powered kayak that kind of looks like a skiff. And, you know, I, I, I if I ever Great. get the and go down to Galveston area, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take it out on the salt too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I, uh, uh, when you listen back to our episode, we, we talked to, to Steven about some of the trips they'd put together, um, this year through the shop. And, and one of the most recent ones was a, a Louisiana redfish trip. And, and I don't know how far offshore, I, I don't know anything about the fishery, but, uh, um, you know, some of the pictures you see from that trip, these are not, these were big redfish. Yeah. yeah I've seen a few pictures from different outfitters down there and they just say that this place is ridiculous, man. I mean, 40 inch fish. I mean, they just, they look incredibly huge. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they all looked amazing. So, um, well, cool, man. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I, I will, I don't think, I, I think we quickly, um, max out the weight limit on it, but I, I still want to sit on the front and do a Titanic pose and, and, uh, <laughs> see if you'll cruise me around for a little bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring a, I'll bring a, a micro polling thing and I can, you know, I'll pull you around on it. There we go. No, I don't want to sit. I'm not going to sink your boat. I, 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 I wish you all the well with your boat. So let me quit trying to be squirrely. <laughs> well, hey, we've mentioned to you, Trout Unlimited a couple of times this episode. We got a, we got a plug <laughs> that you are the new VP of yeah. the TU420 so, chapter. Congrats. So there's, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think, I don't know. I think I'm just the sucker that said yes, but, um, Mm -hmm. super, um, super fun things. I don't know if the fun's the right word, uh, for the state of Oklahoma. Uh, you know, we have two trout unlimited chapters in Oklahoma. 
Uh, so we have the Oklahoma chapter, chapter 420, which is in Northeast Oklahoma. And then we have the 89er chapter, uh, which I'm sure has a number to it as well, uh, that is primarily based in, in Oklahoma City. And uh, it has, I hope nobody takes offense to this, I think the 89ers have, have just been somewhat dormant uh, over the past few years. I think they've been doing things, but it's just not been as active as it, as it once was. Uh, the 420 chapter, Oklahoma chapter, in, uh, based out of Tulsa, uh, has continued to um, be active and um and but but gone through some changes very minor changes but gone through some changes and uh and then it's election time this this year and so um uh, and so i was asked to be the the take the vp role we've been a board member i've been responsible for programs um like our monthly meeting programs this last year and uh so I'm I'm excited for that, and um, I, I hope I can can bring some value in that role as well. And uh, and Dalton, you uh, were suckered into becoming a board member this year, so so Dalton is a board member there. Um, yeah, that we've was kind actually of a package deal. They got you as VP and me as a grunt. I'm happy to. <laughs> they just put me behind the grill at the Lower Illinois. That's that's all my contribution. <laughs> the grill, the grill is Heath's spot. I don't know. You, yeah, you, I know. I'll have you, to fight him for it. You, you have to, you have to be his, uh, his, his grill mate or grill gopher or something. Mm, I'll be a sous chef. There you go. That's that's the right word. Um, and so no, anyway, so but we've actually had a really fun uh, programs year so far. Uh, you know, we had um, uh, what have, who all have we had so far? And if I leave somebody out, please don't take offense. We've had Davy Watton. We've it, had Dave Whitlock. We've got yeah. a couple more lined up. Um, yeah, we had Josh Johnston do a, a state of the state of yep. state of Oklahoma Clayton. fisheries. Uh, Clayton was last year. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who our first first guest was before Josh this year, and and it was probably somebody amazing. So so don't take my memory into account to their worth. But um, we are forecasted. We have Carolyn Parker coming in January to January's meeting. Um, uh, she is the owner operator of River Runs, I believe is the name of it, uh, fly shop and guide service on Taney Como. Uh, and so very experienced fly fisher, uh, teaches a lot of classes. And so she's she's driving over to to speak to us on Taney Como and, and some of the, uh, the special things about that body of water. And, um, and then February, we are lined out, uh, lined up to have uh, Mr. Kelly Gallup for a couple of days. And so Kelly's going to come from, uh, from his, his spot, the slide in that's in Montana, right? Mm -hmm. The slide in and, uh, and but we're actually gonna do a two day worth of events. So we'll have a normal speaking engagement. Uh, but the plan is to do some special small group fly tying and just event stuff. And so it's not lined out all the way, but that's super, super exciting stuff there. So, um, I, anyway, so yeah, that's all, that's all very cool. And then I think Trevor, you're getting suckered into some involvement, uh, with the 89er chapter, right? I hope so. Um, you know, we'll talk more about that on the, on the next episode. Um, you know, they have, uh, um, a meeting next week um, up at JD Adams. Um, I, I plan on being there and, and learning more. And and um, you know, I I I really want to get 
you know, my, my chapter here locally um, on my side of the state, um, you know, back flourishing again and, and, and get people excited about, about the sport and, and, and hopefully growing. Yeah. I, and I hope, I hope you're successful. Cause I, 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 um, just like, just like this, you know, we're going back to the, the spot burning conversation, right? Awareness, manpower equals conservation, right? Yep. E- equals all of the, all of the things that, that better our environment and our, our fisheries. And, uh, so I, I hope they, I hope you are successful. That group is successful and, and, uh, and getting, getting reinvigorated, which is great. And, uh, so cool. Yep. Um, and you guys, you guys mentioned trout season. I think, I think all the stockings are happening for the close to home fishing, right? The veterans park pond in Tulsa, the, uh, I don't know if they're doing Delisi this year. We've seen pictures from the blue. Uh, obviously, we have our year-round trout fisheries for the Lower Illinois Tailwater and Lower Mountain Fork. Um, so, so if you want some stock trout, go get them. But don't forget that you can still catch warm water fishes, warm water species uh, year-round in Oklahoma because we don't freeze. So low and slow and uh uh take your time and you you could catch a prize so that's right yeah what else well i've got a screaming baby oh good <laughs> good okay good and so i've got to i gotta hop off uh here nope. um, so i uh, think that's a perfect perfect stopping point i'm super excited to have spent time with you all and um uh and get another episode season two kicked off right i feel like right. we should have been more pomp and pomp and uh, circumstance and flair or whatever for season two kickoff but uh, this is what you got <laughs> listeners we are we are popping silent fireworks behind us there's sparklers <laughs> this is a this is a morning recording so we've got morning coffee and i'm popping morning flatulence into my overalls that are funneling it straight to my nose so oh god i'm ready okay. to get off here as well trevor take us home man god <laughs> podcast the maxon inflatable boats creek adventures podcast presented by loan bison fly tie tables premium quality functional art loan bison fly tables.com make sure to check them out support them also go over and check out the oklahoma river warriors uh, on facebook we're supporters of them and our, our good buddy scott hood um shout out to scott thank you so much for continuing uh that group and and whatever you uh everything that you guys do to make sure that our fishery and waters here in Oklahoma are clean and pristine and able to pass down to the next generation. Um, guys, it's so awesome to talk with you. I'm so glad that we're back. I uh, can't wait for our next episode. Um, we will be dropping this. Well, the listeners, you don't really know what the timeline mm-hmm. is, but it will be uh, here sometime in the first week of December. So I will say yeah. that. So that's right. We're in the first week of December um it is awesome to be back and we will catch you guys next time all right man thanks see ya see you guys see ya